Welcome to the latest Bread of Blue podcast and something a little bit different this week. I am in the Birmingham City training ground with Lukas Tjutovic and John Ruddy, two players who played uh, once each for the Everton first team but have since had excellent professional careers. Dukes, if I can just start with you, the fact that you've had such a long career and, and, and John's the same, does that go right back to the beginning? Because when you came to Everton as a youngster, you didn't go through the cosseted academy system, did you? You'd experienced life at the cold face, if you like, with Swindon. Yeah, like you say, similar to John as well. You've been experienced um, to, to first team football uh, from an early age. Like you say, very different from the academy setup. Um, I think, yeah, I think that hopefully, yeah, I think it's to be in good stead. Um, you know, you're playing with with players that you know that it's their livelihood, it's everything to them, um, and it's it's a little bit different from you know perhaps coming up through the academy route. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, like I say, I think it helped. I think that the, the, the loan spells, I think, will probably yeah, come on to that. But that, that was something that really helps, gives you a bit of a grounding. Same with you, John. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> obviously I I come to Everton after playing a full season near enough at Cambridge, um, and I think well we got we got relegated that season to the the conference, and that year Everton was the year that qualified for the Champions League. So you literally couldn't have had a bigger golf. Um, from where I was coming from to where I was going, and it's just a massive eye opener. Do you remember how it came about? Because that is a, that's an incredible tail around, isn't it? Uh, I think there were, because I was 17 at the time and I was playing first team um, league football. I think there was quite a bit of interest, um, and we got sort of got through the January, and then Everton came in, basically made an offer that Cambridge couldn't refuse because financially they were under a lot of strain, um, and it was agreed that I'd go join fully or full-time in the summer. So I was travelling up to Liverpool twice a week to train with Everton first part of the week, then back down to Cambridge, training and then playing the game. So, yeah, it was a bit of a bit of an odd situation, but, yeah, it was, everything stands you in good stead for the future, doesn't it? You've got to take it as a learning experience, and that's certainly what it was for me. How did your move to the Toffees come about, Jukes? So, yeah, so I was, I was playing at Swindon, um, we were having a, a decent season, albeit in League Two. Um, I was playing a few games here and there, managed to nick a couple of goals, and uh, and we ended up getting promoted there that year uh, with Swindon. Um, but I think it was probably it was the FA Youth Cup run. Uh, we had a decent run in the Youth Cup, which for, for a team like Swindon was you know, unheard of. It was either the quarters of the semi-finals that we got to. Um, so so we had a, you know, a few decent scouts coming to. To, to come to the games and um, I think Swindon needed the money at the time to be honest they had a, a few financial issues um, yeah so it worked out well for, 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 from both parties really Did you go straight into the reserves? Uh, so I went so I actually signed in the February so just outside the window uh, with an agreement that it would go through in the summer um, so I then had a couple of days up at Belfield but, you know, before they moved to Finch Farm uh, a couple of days training with the first team that was a real eye opener um, so I was going from training every day with you know senior players but at League 2 level um, and I got a little chance to go up uh, for a couple of days to see what it was like with the first team at Everton and I remember the first session just absolutely blowing Could, couldn't believe the change of pace and everything the demand and um, playing you know Phil Neville Andy Johnson uh, Tim Kale in that team you players that you just a couple of weeks before just watching on match of the day not, not really thinking that you can ever train with them um, but yeah it was, it was a real eye opener with a with uh, change in pace It is a huge step for a young player isn't it to, to, to go from, from lower league football to Suddenly, you're training each day, day in day out with seasoned internationals. Yeah, it's massive. <clears throat> you know, for me, I started playing in goal at 14, and then all of a sudden, you're 18, and you're at a club that's just qualified for the Champions League, and you're sat there and you're seeing 
like the biggest thing I, I remember like the car park you're just looking at the car park I remember Beats had the Lamborghini with his private plate <laughs> on and you're like this is a different world but I think going to Belfield you know it, it still felt quite homely yeah. from where probably the same where, where you come from you didn't really have a lot in terms of facilities so going to Belfield was quite nice because you weren't being overawed by all of these facilities and then obviously the transition to Finch Farm was much needed um, to take the club to the next level and I think you know for me being able to to work with these type of people and players you know the goalkeeper Nigel Martin yeah. exceptionally he'd still be playing today if he didn't get injured um, Wrighty Woodsy Ian Turner you know it was it was something that if you didn't learn from those type of individuals you were never going to progress beyond beyond that level even reserve team football at the time you'd play alongside and against internationals wouldn't you from time to time yeah I remember playing many games with, with Stubbsy um, I always said Stubbsy one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet off the pitch but my god he could ruin your career on it like, just you know that's the you're talking about standards yeah. like, and his standards were exceptionally high and if you didn't reach them he'd let you know and, and I think through, over the years that's been lost in the game a little bit I think people get away with too much and be, probably become a little bit too delicate when it comes to being criticised um, but you know for me it was okay well I'm going to prove you wrong and I'm going to I'm going to make sure I improve because I don't want to bollock in like that again and I don't want to let you down again so it was there to help that, that sort of conversation if you like was there to help you and, and you either went one way or the other and you know like I said off the pitch every single person that I, that I worked with at Evan was top draw funny you um, mentioned Stubbsy because that was my overriding memory with someone yeah as a 17 18 year old stepping into the first team and he would be hammering you hammering you and I'm, I, I get to the end of the session and, and I think this guy really doesn't like me uh, like there must be something I've done because it was just relentless and then he'd sit next to me in the canteen. So how's everything doing? Have you settled in? Um, where are you going to stay? Is there anything I can help you with? Just like a top, top bloke. But like John said, it's just standards and he would demand it of himself and everyone around him. Who was there to get on with at the time? Um, I, th- I mean, everyone was really, really welcoming. I think at the time it was uh, there was quite a few young boys, it, it, particularly uh, the strikers, Victor and, uh, and Vaughan as well. Um, you know, similar, similar age. I think they were a year above me. Um, so they welcomed me in. Um, Paddy Boyle, you know, the, the Scottish yeah, left back, yeah. yeah, he was there. Um, but but all of the senior guys were really welcoming. Um, yeah, yeah. Even reserving football for, for the young centre forward, it, it's a tough learning playground, isn't it? Or it was. Yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, again, you, you play against seasoned yeah, internationals at times. I remember playing, maybe he wasn't at the time, but uh, against Man United reserves and Jared Piquet was playing at the back, and <laughs> he did okay for himself in the end. So yeah. that was quite quite a nice one to have. The low spells definitely helped you, didn't they? Definitely, yeah. And I perhaps didn't think it at the time um, because they were the first couple, especially, were difficult. Actually, they were they, they didn't go according to plan, um, and actually that that's helped me massively in the long run. Um, it made me really understand what being a, a first team player was about. Um, stepping away, you know, we, we went from the lower leagues, went to the up to the Premier League. Uh, academy section trained with the first team had these wonderful um, environments to train to get better but then also you got the learning curve of going back down and, and realising actually you, you haven't quite made it at that top level there's still a lot of work to do and there's still a lot of good players outside of the Premier League um, and, and it was, it was um, yeah, a real eye opener to go there and struggle and realise actually you do need to keep improving you haven't actually made the step 
Um, if you want to have a career, then you, you really need to kick on. Although yourself and, and, and Dukes came from league football, John, was there a support mechanism in place at Everton to help you settle in? Because you were still both both babies, weren't you? Yeah, we had um, Big Bill, Uncle Bill, yeah. Bill Ellaby was there, Sue, obviously, uh, you know, like you had really good people at the club who, who actually genuinely cared about the people at the club as well. And, and it's no surprise they're called the People's Club. But, you know, I think for me, I sort of lived in digs at Cambridge. So I was used to living away from home a little bit. Um, and I went up to, to Everton. They put me in an apartment on my own. Um, I had the option of going to the digs, but I just wanted that little bit of independence where it would probably make me work harder to maintain and, 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 and chase what I needed to chase and give me a real independent identity of this is what I want to do. I've got to work hard off the pitch, on the pitch. I've got to look after myself. Um, so that was a... But it was a massive eye-opener because I, I, I've lived... Although I was living away from home at Cambridge, I was only 20 minutes down the road. Now I was three hours away. So in, in the big city. In the big city. So, you know, it was, uh, it was brilliant though. And, and like I said, if I needed anything at all, I had Lee Carsley in my building, who was brilliant. You know, it'd, it'd be, if you need anything, knock on the door. Um, but like I said, that the people in the training ground around the club would always be, if you need anything, go and ask. Nothing too big, nothing too small. Just ask for whatever you need and... and you know, I think it really helped you feel comfortable that you could go into training every day without worrying about what's what's going on outside. I'm sure everything was building up towards a first-team chance, a first-team debut. You could never in a million years have envisaged how your first-team debut for Everton would come about. Start at the beginning. Well, it's a spe- uh, question of sport question, wasn't it? So, <laughs> so yeah, we, Everton played Chelsea in the midweek in the FA Cup. I think it was and, and Richard Wright was playing because Nigel was injured at this point he'd done his ankle which would ultimately finish him off to be fair um, so Wright he was playing Ian Turner was on the bench and Wright is in the warm up he's doing crossing in the goal mouth there's a sign in the goal mouth that he hasn't moved out of the goal he's just put it in the goal the cross has come in he's fallen on it he's twisted his ankle he's out of that game Ian plays Wright is out for a couple of weeks um and to be fair to to David Moyes, he gave Ian the chance um, at the weekend. Yeah. So that game went, it came and went. And then at the weekend we played Blackburn. I know you got Sunderland on your on your notes there. That's incorrect. That's, uh, also under Lucas Djukovic, not yourself. <laughs> <Where>? <laughs> oh, <laughs> we'll edit that bit out. Um, yeah, and then Blackburn came round on on the Saturday again at uh, Goodison, and Ian was starting. I wasn't even sure if I was going to be on the bench. Really? I'm in the changing and I'm thinking. He might just not go with the keeper on the bench here. Oh, it, like oh, it would have been, yeah. But uh, yeah, we're in there and he's named the team, named the bench, and I'm on the bench. I'm thinking, this is amazing. Get to be on the bench, buzzing. Walk out, literally, I'm, I'm there, first 10 minutes just settling in. All right, let's have a look. 10 minutes in, ball goes back over the top. I think Stubbsy's left it for Ian. Ian sort of didn't really want to come, and then he's come out but he's come out too late and in a moment of panic, he's just put his hands down, almost picked the ball up, but touched it with his hands. The referee had no choice, send him off. So 10 minutes in to my first... your man then? Well, it's probably the best thing because I didn't have any time to think. Um, I just remember sitting on the bench and the lad's next to me going, get ready. I'm like, what are you on about? It's like, Ian's getting set off, get ready, get ready. I'm like, oh, a little bit of a panic. <laughs> Did you have, um, were you ready? Did you have everything? Yeah, no, I had everything on, on and, and I've, I've made sure whenever I was on the bench, 
before that and after that I was always ready to go on because that's the last thing you need isn't it um, but yeah it was just a quite a blur actually um, had a great reception didn't you yeah and I think the fans understood that we were down to the bare bones yeah, yeah. and it was it was a situation that no one could foresee um, but yeah coming on and it, it, the first action was the free kick which was about 19 yards out I'm thinking just don't go my side just don't <laughs> put it over the bar manage to clear it you know take the goal kick and that and then settled into the game fairly comfortably and, and we obviously ended up winning 1-0 it was quite a quiet game as well actually I didn't really have much to yeah. do um, fantastic atmosphere though wasn't it yeah amazing and I think that's the thing you know and, and I say to people since I'd left Everton when that place is rocking there's no better place to play football it can go the opposite way because when things aren't going well they'll let you know as well but when that atmosphere is is positive and encouraging there is, there is no better place to play um, and thankfully I've had a, a great reception every time I've been back which has been amazing as well so yeah yeah one, one and only appearance two goalkeepers make the Premier League debut in the same game never happened again never right. no I think it did really yeah I think it did uh, you equalised there haven't you I'll tell you <laughs> you've never conceded a goal for Everton that's pretty no yeah 100% record for Everton yeah. <laughs> yeah. so yeah it was a whirlwind uh, tell us about your debut against Sunderland because for short the straight, yeah. <laughs> it was short and sweet but there was some there was some competition for places wasn't yeah, there yeah that's it I mean I think at the time uh, David Moyes tended to play one up top anyway and Tim Cahill would be just in behind so I think we had Yakuba there Louis Sahar, obviously Victor and Vaughan as well there sort of all um, was AJ may have just left but all trying to compete for one one space and I'd had a really decent pre-season um, and, and scored a few goals um, so I was thinking I might get a chance here and there and I'd be on the bench quite a bit um, but then it, we, I think we played Aston Villa at home a midweek game actually and um we were, I don't know, can't remember the exact score, but we were chasing a goal, and in, instead of putting me on, because I was thinking there's no other strikers. I think Victor started the game, came off, and I'm thinking I'm going to get a chance here definitely. And then he ended up putting Phil Jagielka up top, and I was just thinking, I think this could be it. There was a couple of times that had happened, and I thought oh, it's not meant to be. I think there was another one away at Liverpool in the cup where Tim Cale equalised in yeah, the last yeah. minute and I yeah. was told to warm up and you were basically coming on I think he scored in the 86th, 87th so I just put my trackie back on and thought <laughs> okay maybe it's not it's that yeah up. that's it everyone's obviously buzzing that we scored but everyone else is going crazy behind me that we've equalised and I'm just thinking I'm never going to get a game here <laughs> um, but yeah eventually got on and it was obviously great to play at Goodison um, I think the game was over with it was we were winning 3-0 at yeah. the time at home to Sunderland um, but it came on yeah um, what was your relationship like with David Moyes um, I think it was very much headmaster pupil like yeah, you, you want to you stay good morning um, you, you listen intently whenever he speaks to you but ultimately I was 18, 19 at the time so the, you know I was just trying to take in information uh, try to train as well as I can and then not to ask too many questions you know so but um, no he was always good with the, with the players he, but he, he definitely he had that sort of authority about him that not many you know, young players knocking on his door that's the thing so exactly yeah so Aston Villa comes uh, and and Phil Jaggio goes up front and uh, I don't get on the pitch and I said to the reserve team manager I was like do you think I should be disappointed? He said, like, yeah, be disappointed. I said, mate, do you think I should maybe go and speak to him? I wouldn't bother. <laughs> I wouldn't bother. So, yeah, I just left it at that. But, no, um, I, I still, you know, I've got fond memories of, of making my debut um, at home to Sunderland. My mum was in the crowd, so, yeah, it was a nice day. Were you a bit disappointed, John, when David brought Sander Vestervelde in? 
as an emergency loan? Uh, yeah. Yeah, but then I was literally the only keeper available for the game. So it was quite an obvious one to do. Um, Nige obviously was out for a long time. Righty, I think, was a six to eight week injury. Ian was obviously suspended. So I think he needed to do something. Um, you know, but a, a part of me, and I think the thing that killed me was that it was an international break after the Blackburn game. So we had two weeks before the next game. Um, and the, the, they went to Miami for warm weather training and I couldn't go. So my now wife was moving up and like we'd already pre-agreed it and I wasn't involved in the Miami trip originally. So it was like, I can't really abandon her. And to be fair, David was more than understanding, um, didn't mind at all, but I think he'd already realised straight after the Blackburn game he needed to do something. Um, but a little part of me was obviously hopeful that I might just get it because it was Newcastle away the next game. Yeah. Um, and I just remember... Uh, Sander warming up and he, he's warming up and he's kicked this half volley and it's gone from one edge of the box and it's bounced on the penalty spot of the opposite box I thought yeah <laughs> that's, that's nice to watch but uh, yeah he done alright Sander he was a nice guy as well really good guy um, Was it difficult for you to knuckle down and, and, and just get get back onto to either playing with the Rezies or, or, or travelling with the first team and not playing after you'd had that No not at all really because it made me want more. It made me want want me to stay involved and be part of it even more going forward. And I think, you know, if you're if you're walking around with disappointment on your face, it's very easy to see. And and I had no right to, you know. Ultimately, I was fourth choice goalkeeper. So, I, and I I wasn't ready for that for that level. Um, I don't think, in <clears throat> in fairness, the whole time I was at Everton, I was never ready to step into the first team. Um, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but it wasn't necessarily a bad thing either um, because of the the experiences, the training, the level of player I got to, to play with and train with every day. You know, I, I was there, I always say to people, I was, how long are you at Everton for? I was contracted for five years. Mm-hmm. I was probably there for about two years, all told, because of the loan moves and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> but it was an invaluable experience. And, you know, I think if, if you were to ask uh, the club if they were if they would rather have signed me or Joe Hart which they had the choice at the time <laughs> they'd probably say they made the wrong decision <laughs> life is that isn't it hindsight's a wonderful yeah, thing exactly. when your time was up at Everton Dukes did you, did you feel yourself as a much better footballer because you trained with Luis Sahar you trained with Yakubu and we bought Brazilian Joe in as well at one point yeah the, and there's loads of things that you can take from them I think I was a bit like John I, th- I probably I, th- uh, I certainly wasn't ready to go to Everton when I did um, still a young boy um, still still learning a lot and um, I think also I just wasn't ready from a confidence point of view I didn't feel like I belonged there and, and all of the players I noticed on the training pitch they all felt like they belonged there and, and, and it was noticeable um, but but I did what I did do is to take what I could from it um, I, you know the amazing facilities the coaches that we had that um, the world class players that were there I did try and take those experience and I feel like it's helped me throughout my career um, and, and then use the loan moves like again it's probably similar to John I think I was there contracted for three years but um, I don't know if I. I think I was probably only there for a year and a half, really, with it, when you take out the loan, the loan move. So, so I think those were beneficial as well as my time at Everton. But I mean, a phenomenal club, and, and I'm certainly no regrets about being there. It was, it was, it was filled with really good people, um, good experiences, and I think it's you know, stood me in good stead. When you when you finally left the football club, were you happy in yourself that you'd, you'd given it everything you had and 
you just went on a breakthrough? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I was tw- I'd had a decent season up in Scotland. Me and John were up there together, and and I thought at that point I had one year left on my contract, and I thought I, I can either. I was twenty one at that point. I thought I can either hang around here, try and break through. If it doesn't, then I've not been playing for a whole year or I can use last season to really use it as a springboard to go and try and um, you know, uh, crack the, the championship with the next level down. So I decided to go down that route um, and I just felt like I needed to keep playing games and build on the momentum from the previous season. John's mentioned his question of sport question. Yours has got to be the 6-6 game. <laughs> yeah. Well, that just looked... An unbelievable game. Yeah, yeah, really ridiculous game um, on a Thursday night, bizarrely. I don't know. So, it, funnily enough, my mates were saying so Man City Tottenham was on one channel and the, our game was on the other. <laughs> so, don't bet, because I think it was Man City Tottenham to get into the Champions League and our game was on the other one. I don't think many people probably ch- chose our game to watch, but it, um, I think it, it was 6 2 with about 20 minutes left, something yeah. like that. And all the fans started leaving. And but even weirdly on the pitch, and it might be with hindsight, but even I remember being on the pitch thinking that we were going to get chances because the game was so open yeah. from minute one. So it felt like that there was still something in the game, whether we were going to get back into it. But I certainly thought there were more chances available for us. Your goal wasn't um, even a half chance, was it? No, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, perhaps not. And we missed a penalty just a minute yeah. before that as well. Yeah. 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 So uh, I think it got to six three, six four, and then the fans that had left the stadium had gone to the pub around the corner to watch on the telly. Started trying to. Create back into the stadium <laughs> so yeah it was quite an interesting atmosphere at the end um, but yeah a, a crazy game really yeah. Norwich City was your big fit wasn't it? Yeah I think that, that obviously came after Everton um, so again like Lucas we'd come back from Scotland had a full season under our belt I got player of the year at Scotland which was a big confidence booster for myself um, and, and Motherwell had had some talks about trying to keep me um, and Everton were open to the talk. So as soon as I knew that, my agent got on the phone and my wife had sort of said, look, can we can we try and get closer to home? We'd been living away from home or away from family for five years with a young baby. It wasn't it wasn't very easy. Um, and it turned out that Norwich needed a goalkeeper. We're happy to pay, I think it was 250 grand um, fee. Uh, and that was it. But we were, in the, we were in the airport going to Australia, weren't we, on the pre-season tour. So we're in Manchester Airport and uh, I just put my bags on, just checked them through and then David's come through and gone, John, just hold fire because I think Norwich are about to agree a deal with us. Yeah, <laughs> I unfortunately didn't make that deadline so I had to get, get on the flight, go to Australia and wait about a week for it to go through and just sit the rest of the trip out. Yeah. You managed to... Did you get your bags back? Yeah, I got my bags back. Yeah, so <laughs> it was I a good trip, that by the way, wasn't it? Yeah, Three so different cities. Yeah. Managed, to, uh, managed to pull my bags off the plane and then get in a car, back to, back to Finch Farm, pick my car up, drive to my, my wife's parents which is about an hour and a bit from Norwich and then up to Norwich the next next day for the medical so another whirlwind yeah when you got back into the Premier League and when you got selected for England was there a bit of you that just sort of looked at Goodison Park looked at Everton and thought have that no not at all not at all honestly um, like I said I was never ready for Everton at the time I was there and I don't think I would have been given the amount of time that it needed because in all honesty the stature of the club would not allow you that time mm-hmm. you know that it's not like they were going to bring in you know Tim obviously came in you had Nigel Martin before they weren't going to replace Nigel Martin with me or Ian with all due respect you know and then as soon as Ian uh, left then it was like well we need to bring another keeper and they bring Tim Howard in 
and what he'd done at the club was phenomenal. Mm. So they were never going to replace Tim with me. And they were always going to have to bring in somebody who wasn't quite at Tim's level because Tim was an exceptional athlete, exceptional goalkeeper and, and person for what he'd done for the club. So um, I don't think I would have ever been ready um, if I'd stayed there. I believe I was ready if they ever wanted me to go back after the experience I've had at Norwich. And I think, I think to be fair... Um, a few rumours were at that one time. Yeah, there was at one time. I think they had a buyback clause, but uh, it expired after a, a two years, I think. So, um, like I say, with Tim's form there, it was always going to be one where, would you go back? Knowing how Tim's playing and, and what a legend he was, it would have always been difficult for me to go back there and accept that anyway, because I wouldn't have been playing. But... Um, no, I've got, <clears throat> I've got no regrets about any of my time at Everton. I, I loved it. Um, it's it's one of obviously one of my favourite grounds to go back to, mm. mainly because of although I didn't have much experience there, it's just an amazing place to play. The fans have always been brilliant with me, um, you know, and it was it was a big part of my life in the developmental terms. You know, I, I learned a lot about myself as an individual and and as a as a goalkeeper. So I'd always be grateful for. Them. Uh, Duke's were at the Birmingham City training ground. This football club is your fit, isn't it? Yeah, we've we've been really fortunate as a family actually that um, we've been able to put down roots here. It's my eighth season here now. Um, it's coincided with us starting a family. Um, uh, so so yeah, it's worked out really well. Um, I feel like yeah, I feel like it's my club here. Um, I really enjoyed my time here. Um, it's it's very similar actually in terms of you know a, a working class club that you know want people they want their players to work hard they want to run they want to tackles they want commitment from their players so very similar to Everton in that respect. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I can't say enough good things about this club. Same as John, though, still got fond memories when you look back at your time at Everton Football Club. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's you can take um, take things from every experience that you have and. and yeah, I may not have made uh, the, as many appearances as I'd have liked to have done, um, but there were certainly lots of things that I can take from it. Um, and just to have the opportunity to play for a club that size and um, and to live in the city as well. I mean, it was, Liverpool's just one of my favourite cities to be in. Um, still, is the mu- music scene that they had there, especially at that time with all the bands and everything. I just I love that city. So yeah, lots of fun memories. You must have played against some of your former Everton as well along the way. Yeah, along the way, definitely. I mean, we I think uh, James Vaughan obviously. Went to Crystal Palace and Huddersfield, played against him many times. Um, who else? Uh, JP Kissock, we're talking, he's been on this pod, isn't he? Um, yeah. So he, he was at Hamilton when we were up at Motherwell. Um, but there's, yeah, there's been uh, Phil Jagielka is probably the recent one actually. Last season, at, or there was the one before he was at Derby. Yeah, last se- in fact, last season he was at Stoke, still going, which is incredible. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's always good to, to bump into those old faces again. What was it like? sitting down at the training ground and chatting to Wayne Rooney about it. Yeah, well, we sort of never overlapped, did we? So it was, um, I think he had a lot of the same memories, you know, the the way they, the foundations they, they helped him with, um, the way that they developed him as an individual. I remember he told us a story about when he was walking through the streets with a bottle of cider and a, and a cigarette and Colin Harvey had drove, driven past, <laughs> pulled him into the office the next day and gave him a dressing down and he was like, I'll never do that again. So, um, you know, those aspects of, of life and football probably don't happen anymore. But, um, you know, I think he's he's forever grateful for what Everton have done for him and, and the way they 
obviously they helped him burst on the scene but he was an exceptional talent anyway you know generational one of the best that this country's ever produced so um he was always going to be good for the for Everton and, and they were always going to be a good fit for him as well Nice to have Wayne around the place, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's what uh, it was incredible, really, how down to earth he is. I mean, I played against him a couple of times, but obviously didn't really know him. But you know, for someone that's achieved what he has in the game, just to sit and have a chat with him, just like he's anyone else, like it's um, no assumptions were made on his part from anything. He talked to everyone around the club. Um, yeah, so it's brilliant to be in his company and 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 just like I said, get little nuggets from him, like John said. Very humble. Yeah, really yeah. great. He's the yeah. same guy, isn't he? That's yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. he was. Yeah. Uh, as a YouTube, by the way, which I'm pleased to discover. <laughs> so, uh, thanks very much for your yeah. time down here at Birmingham City. Again, it's congratulations on excellent careers, and I'm sure you've both got many more years. Thanks, I don't know yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> thanks.